0: Following The Leftovers, the officially unofficial podcast for The Leftovers on HBO, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering Season 1, Episode 7, titled Solace for Tired Feet. Uh, Before we get into actually talking about this episode, what Mm. are your general thoughts on it?
1: So there's a lot of things I really, really liked, and there's a lot of things that have me very scared. They are really asking a lot of big questions very late into the season sure now i will End say changing the game quite a bit i will say all the big answers except for the main ones revolving around the disappearance which they said they're not going to answer they've largely delivered on mm-hmm. so i don't think it's impossible that with three episodes to go unless it is it five or three i think it's three
0: Uh, it's only a 10 episode season
1: with with three episodes yes you're right with three episodes to go that they could deliver on this but it's also possible that they're setting up one or two big ones probably around kevin's descent into perhaps craziness perhaps (laughs) enlightenment, and maybe the uh the asian girl shell game yeah yeah that we're playing with messiahs and antichrist here maybe those are going to go into season two and i don't know that i'll be bothered by that
0: yeah. Uh, but this Nat
1: Geo better not be the fucking Hatch.
0: Man. So I am interested in this episode in a sort of Da Vinci Code-esque way mm-hmm. where there are all these – I mean Da Vinci Code is obviously more blatant with it. But there are, there are these biblical references that all are kind of alluding to themes or potential plot lines. Uh, and it's kind of a mystery how they all connect together. So it's kind of fascinating from that perspective, but at the same time, I don't feel that you can be a casual viewer of this show and get any enjoyment out of this episode. Well, I I think you come away from this episode. If you're not on Reddit and forums and reading reviews, you're uh, lost.
1: I I disagree. I feel like that when you say casual viewer, I'm like, you know, like, um, you know, the kind of viewer that you can be when you're watching just some average television I think the casual viewers have all checked out. However, just sure. because they are offering all this stuff and that geo and all this doesn't mean that you have to. Re- I don't. I, and in, in fact, you, I'm willing to argue that you might enjoy the episode and the series as a whole more if you don't obsess over these details because it's an even bet in my mind right now whether these are going to pay off. If you just say, "Oh, sure. this is kind of creepy or interesting or weird," and I like the tension here. And I like just watching this thing. I think that that might be a more rewarding way to watch the mm. show. Unfortunately, not what we do here at Bald Move. No, not usually. I, Although on this show, I was kind of expecting,
0: I guess, Lost Light. Yeah. Like a, a less... And you're getting full. A less um, theme-heavy and mystery-heavy show based more on just... Pure character drama. Mm-hmm. I am not getting any of that. I mean, I, yes, you're getting character drama, but it is so heavily influenced by uh just these small, minute details and these big mysteries. Like, there's so much lost in this show. What
1: I think is funny because I just read last m- a week uh, another Damien Lindelof interview. And you, you know, keep calling him Damien. Lindelof, sorry, well,
0: which you know, he
1: can be perceived could that. Be, way. I'm not sure if he's the BJ or the AC yet. So, uh-huh. yeah, um, I'm keeping my foot tagged on that Damien base. <laughs> but I read another one, with Lindelof, and you know, preseason, he's all like, "Well, this isn't lost, and we're not okay. even going to try to answer these uh-huh. things. And uh-huh. this is just a, this is just a character study about grief." Bullshit. And and we're like, uh, this is Damon Lindelof. We have experience with him. We should have her guard up. And some people are like, oh, you can't believe you're holding that against him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just read an interview where he's like, well, you know, you got to consider the source for some of these mysteries. And, of course, there's going to be mysteries. And, of course, there's going to (laughs) be questions. And and I'm like, you motherfucker. (laughs) You straight up lied to us. You straight up lied to us all. I'm not mad because, again – well, I've really enjoyed the hell out of this series so far, mm-hmm. but uh, and I, I think it's past the whole "I'm out" because I think you know by three episodes left, I'm not I'm not out. I mean, what could they do in three? I mean, I'm not I'm not taking it off the table because you can do a lot. Sure. You can do a lot of fuckery in three episodes. Sure, yeah. But it feels like you know I originally said, "Hey, I want to know about the dogs. I want to know about the dog catcher," and they were they answered those questions. So it gives me hope that – They did, yeah. Um, he could have easily been they, Smoke Monster 2.0.
0: They don't actually – they haven't – okay, at least to my liking, they haven't answered the question about what the dogs mean mm. in a significant way. They definitely did. answered the
1: question about is the dog shooter real. We got more of that this episode. And I feel like we that did. maybe they are heading towards tying that off into a conclusion.
0: They could be. They could be. And I'd be perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because that is that thread has been
1: going since episode one, since and the opening be, scene. There's also nothing still to indicate 100% conclusively that anything paranormal is going on. This could just be sure. people's way of dealing with grief, and one reaction to that is to lose your mind. Sure. I, I'm not saying that there is anything paranormal
0: going on. What I'm saying is the, the it's very theme-heavy, and it's very reliant on uh, – illusion and biblical text and Certainly. all of these but that doesn't kind of bother me that doesn't sort of have things.
1: to mean anything if it's the answer is that these people are just crazy but
0: like, i feel like that's the hook that they're going for with this show
1: sure which is not what i was built up for so are you are will you be disappointed if it turns out the holy wayne is just deluded? no huh the only thing i have a problem with is if kevin does lose his mind I'm curious to see how they'll keep a series anchored around an insane person interesting. Like, they managed to do it in Homeland Mm -hmm. because, you know, Carrie will go off her medication and she'll descend in this paranoid delusions and things that aren't real and this persecution complexes and the writing team has done a very good job of number one, having that confined to like two or three episodes and then she gets back on her meds or whatever, or they do something interesting with it the next time where it's like, we think something's happening and actually something else is happening. If you Hmm. just have a character that is full blown Don Quixote joust tilting at windmills crazy. Yeah. uh, And how the world is going to interact with him and vice versa. I, it, I don't know how you keep that interesting over the long run. I don't know. So so again, I really, I'm still digging, (laughs) still digging at all. I'm just getting nervous for the first time in a few episodes that, Oh boy.
0: Yes. They, they really hooked me strong with the Matt and Nora centric episodes. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, just addressing the drama of the situation for these two characters was fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's this kind of trickery that they like to play that I'm not so sure about. If I, I don't know that I can reinvest after watching Lost.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I felt the same. That's why that's my handicap. Right? That's why I fucked out on Lost because I had felt the same way about X Files.
0: Okay. Yeah. That so makes now perfect I sense. wonder
1: if <laughs> I wonder if that distance is now going to let me reinvest in this show.
0: <laughs> I'll get I'll get the next one. Yeah. Okay. The next, like Lindelof or Villigan. Thing. We'll keep
1: we'll keep tag teaming. Sure. The bullshit goes nowhere. <laughs> writing teams. Uh, this episode directed once again by Mimi Leader or Letter. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Okay. Uh, she's done uh, a few others, including the Gladys episode. Uh, hmm. she's also directed the Shameless, Almost Human, Smash, Luck, lots and lots of stuff. And I haven't seen any of those. Really? You mm-hmm. haven't seen uh you didn't see any of the Almost Human? That nope. was okay. Is that a, like a superhero show? It, it was about a it, it had Carl Urban, the Australian actor. Perfect. And, all right. Tells me. It's it about a uh, you know, kind of like a Will Smith iRobot. Kind of future where there's actually artificial intelligence. Oh, um, interesting! Okay. It was and it had really good special effects. I I watched a couple episodes, but kind of lost interest. Um, oh. Luck was the big uh, HBO series about the horse racing. Sure. Where, uh, Dustin Hoffman had to be canceled because it was literally killing too many horses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dustin Hoffman killing
1: too Dustin many Hoffman killing too many horses. That son of a bitch yeah, uh, well. episode written by Jacqueline Hoyt, uh, who wrote the excellent two boats and a helicopter. Uh, okay. episode of Leftovers, several episodes of Good Wife, uh, lots of episodes of CSI, crime scene investigation. So, I came... We had some craftsmen, craftswomen here came together to write an excellent episode, or to write yeah. and direct an, what I thought is an excellent episode.
0: Uh, I, I'm sure certain people saw it that way, yeah. Uh, where do we want to start with this? I mean, there there are a lot of different plot lines in this that kind of Cohesed together a little all right. bit. So let's like talk. Jill and her dad and his dad and Tom are all kind of.
1: I, I want to kind of continue to take things chronologically and blow them out for there. The first thing oh, okay. we see is the Save Them Gladys yeah. campaign. And let's contain this to just what this tells us about Matt. This okay. is Naomi's study group. He's got a fancy ass printer. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of technology. He's clearly taken that 130 some odd thousand dollars and plowed it back into this weird ministry. A new campaign. A new campaign. The only thing this guy knows how to do is make posters.
0: That's it, <laughs> man. But he's completely off of the old thing. He is, yeah. Um, part of me wonders if this is something more sinister. You could see this as potentially connecting him to the murder of Gladys?
1: Certainly. No, I de- I definitely think this is potential evidence of this group's involvement. Could you also see this as
0: him turning the other cheek to them buying the church out from under him and legitimately trying to save them? Oh, no, certainly. Okay. Um. And, and yeah, totally. Do you think and one of those is more definitively answered no. in this episode? Neither I, do I. This yeah.
1: show does a maddening great job at making it... As many possibilities plausible at once as possible. <laughs> That's part of the part of the reason why it's sometimes hard to watch. Uh, I do think that it's definitive proof that some people wondered whether that scene where uh, Lori blew the rape whistle in his face kind of broke him. Oh yeah, clearly not. In fact, he's just expanding this uh, campaign. Guilty Remnant want none of it, though. No, the, they in a what is a brilliant PR
0: move. I mean, really, just take this and flip it on its head. All they did is write don't on the posters.
1: Yeah. Don't,
0: and put a little blood on Gladys' face. Yeah. Don't save them. We don't want to be saved.
1: Yeah. What? Where are they going with this? I don't... What's the purpose of this cult? If they've got... The first step to getting gaining acceptance or getting tra- traction in the community is to gain sympathy. Uh-huh. They seem to be spurring all of that. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, when you're following people
0: around at night standing out in front of their houses and actively protesting uh movements to potentially save them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's flying in the face of
1: So is this cult more sympathy. of a straight up like apocalyptic one they're trying to bring about some Yeah, it feels like it. It it's like in times, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know that they're
0: trying to make anything happen other than for people to to get on board with their their ideology, mm. which seems to be, I, I guess, if you want to go all the way back, one of a nihilist nature. Like, none of this matters. Look what happened. Uh, how can we live in this world sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, that, so little explanation has been given about their motives, really.
1: Yeah. what What connection does Matt have with Kevin's father? We still don't know. Yeah, it, so we saw the jar of money
0: uh, uh-huh. in episode 3 and how that was clearly left for him and he knew about it.
1: This is for you, Rev, you deserve it.
0: And with the judge stuff and his wife, like you you start to put together a picture um where this judge injured his wife and maybe the chief of police feels bad for him. It's it's hard to say what their the nature of their actual relationship was before all this went down.
1: Do you think that it has anything to do... Did the did, did Kevin that left the money to the Reverend, is he pre-crazy or post-crazy? What, from the disappearing? The, yeah. The departure? Yeah. We know I, I know he went crazy, post-crazy. but we don't know whether... I think he's slightly post-crazy. Huh. Okay. Just like very soon after. His burning the library down clearly <laughs> ties into National Geographic.
0: Yeah, well, we saw him rage out uh, several times in this episode, biting people, but particularly uh, beating people.
1: I got the clear impression after I watched this that we we're supposed to believe. Yep. Yep. That he, this was his I, way of resisting his calling. That he, the voices were telling him to get this and to read it, and he's sure. like, "Fine, I'm going to fucking burn down the library." That was his way of kind of, you know. And it'd be interesting if there are some allusions to the prophet Jonah. But you know the mm. the whole story of Jonah is he tried to resist his calling. You know, he got bo- shoved
0: into a whale.
1: Got shoved into a whale for, for a three days fish. for his trouble. Uh, <laughs> got to spend three days in metaphorical whale hell. Uh, <laughs> scary, scary Mormon whale hell. I, I spend every day in whale hell. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, and now we see that uh, Kevin Junior. Is also kicking against the goads, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he's wondering himself if he's
1: crazy. Yeah. Which,
0: you know, it's it's weird because his father is saying things that people who don't realize they're crazy and who are actually crazy would say. Mm-hmm. Like, of course these voices are real. I right. hear the voices. They're telling me things that are the truth. Right. And anybody who's crazy would believe the voices. If you hear voices and you don't believe them, that means you're not crazy. You're just hearing voices. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right.
0: Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's there's a lot of things that happen in this episode, like Kevin, Kevin's dream, Kevin Junior's dream, um, that make me wonder about the pills because they're specifically mentioned in this episode. Like his dad says, "You got a pharmacy up there. Those, those things that will make shit'll you crazy. make you crazy," and. I can't remember. Do we see him taking any pills before he falls asleep in his living room? I don't know. Are we supposed to believe that that's that's contributing to his state at that moment?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Because why do
0: they make that that big show of all his pills, if not?
1: Because maybe this is the stuff that's keeping him from being crazy. He has, he is has yeah. on a complex um, uh, cocktail of antipsychotics and antidepressants and whatever That's not good. he not, flushed him this episode. Well, that's what I'm saying like maybe this is the we are seeing in his origin story his father's origin story that his father was having battling these problems with mental illness the voices got the upper hand he decided you know this and that happens with a lot of people that have mental problems. Uh, if they're not diligent about the treatment or sometimes if their body chemistry changes or they're on the wrong thing, you know, the very things are being, they're they're trying to treat the paranoia and these delusions and other things can start to tell them it's the medicine that's fucking with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get rid of it. They're trying to control your brain or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I've had a good friend that was schizophrenic and. That was always how it started. Something would get off with his routine, stop taking the medicine, and then the real bad shit started happening. So I wonder yeah, if yeah. we're starting to see this is him following his father's footsteps and resisting all the while. It, could, it definitely could be that
0: this is sort of an accidental action on his part—that that, that him throwing that his, his is medicine away, to be defiant.
1: Is going to actually you know but, but it's so weird because time his, is a flat circle, his, et cetera et cetera
0: his dad tells him that that shit will make you crazy,, mm-hmm. but his dad is crazy,
1: his dad denies being crazy, he clearly <laughs> is unless we're go unless we're open so, the door to supernatural activity, so is his dad effectively saying that's what made me
0: like this, like I start. I started taking that medication and that made me like this and so Kevin then goes through goes and throws his stuff away so he won't become like his father or does he say okay I want to be like my father and so I'm going to throw these pills away which he says which could be
1: the leading factor to him being crazy. That's true. I the I'll throw another layer of crazy oh, on top Jesus. of it. <laughs> he has this whole other life where things are happening he has no idea what do you, who Who's Ke- he? Kevin? Kevin Sr. Kevin senior Kevin junior Goes out, wrangles dogs, chains uh-huh. them up, gets bit by a human, by the way. That hand bite was a human, yeah, looked, not a canine. That, was, in that it. was Amy. That was Amy for <laughs> sure. She bandaged <laughs> up and then and had this whole conversation. He has no idea any of that shit happened. So yeah. he is having these disassociative episodes where who the hell knows what he's getting up to. Maybe he bit himself. Could be. Yeah, but again... Or maybe he actually wrestled with his dad. I mean, we don't yeah, yeah. we don't know. We just know that uh, for sure. Things happen without us or him being aware of it, and mm-hmm. that that really is scary. I mean, that's a, that's a profoundly something wrong with your mind, and something like that's happening. Yeah, uh, I I agree. And now he's thrown out the medicine, so I feel like that this <sighs> is a uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. He's trying to sure. I, I I guess to fully answer your question, I believe that he is trying to run away from it by throwing away these pills, but that's actually going to trigger the psychotic episode yeah, he's yeah. probably going to definitely have now. Okay, probably going to definitely, probably going to definitely. That have is it. Yeah, that's I... that's a fact <laughs> that I just dropped on you. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. There's there's his dream stuff where there's a dog stuck in a mailbox, and he's got the dog in his backyard the whole time.
1: Uh, I. Okay. I'm not sure where all this plays in. Kevin Sr. Uh, stumbles upon Jill doing some yeah. dumbass kid thing, which I thought was a really cool bit of world building, where these teenagers have this refrigerator yeah, where yeah. some kid got bullied and got locked in the fridge, and they opened it up, and it was happened to be the day of the rapture, and he happened to get departured. Yeah. And now they have this – Kind of cool. They have this uh, urban legend where they all locked themselves in, and they tried to beat the record. I saw Scribbled yeah. on the side. I think the longest record is like one hour, seven minutes or something like that. Um,
0: so there's – Or it could be one potential. minute, seven
1: seconds. I really don't know what it's, the it's scribbles an hour. are. Okay. It's an
0: hour because the other kid did 28 minutes and they
1: called him a wuss. Yeah. He wasn't uh, even halfway there. Yeah.
0: Um, so there's the idea that, yeah, maybe that actually happened or maybe these kids just made an urban legend you know. Decided, hey, it'd be cool if we made this story about this fridge. Right, right, right. So I think that's an interesting angle as well. But my point
1: was, is it a huge coincidence that the crazy uh, Kevin Garvey Mm Sr. wandered through that area in his bathrobe just as his granddaughter was about to asphyxiate herself sure that's that's a crazy coincidence if it's true but we this has been a year of crazy co- coincidences need i mention Fish Nato from fargo sometimes coincidences are just that
0: yeah no, we don't true. know
1: how close that woods is to the hospital and here here's the other the show everything. lampshaded it by having the uh what was the guy's name was it daniels um, the kind of chubby cop, he said, yeah, what are the odds of your, your old man... Uh, oh, um... Dennis, it was Dennis. What's, Dennis, your, what's yeah, the yeah. What's the odds of your old man stumbling across your daughter like that? I don't know, but... Yeah. That, that ex- that's the thing about the coincidence. I don't mind that he bumped into, her, the fact that he bumped into at that critical moment. Mm-hmm. But that's fiction for you, so... Yeah, it could be coincidence. It could be meaningful. It could be that he was guided there by the voices. Again... There's not enough information to say definitively e- any one
0: way. Sure. I've heard some interesting theories on the voices and with the Garveys in particular uh, being kind of connected to potentially Wayne, who might be the voice itself. That's the itself. Thing.
1: How do you explain the fact that – so let's talk about this. this – National Geographic. This is a real issue. Okay, May 1972, yep. That you can look up online, you can actually order uh, a couple of, uh, like, the Watching the Watchers, I think, podcast, or site has actually already ordered it and doing a review on it. But it's got several main storylines. One, Cairo, a city in decline, or city in trouble. That was one of the things that was squawking over the radio as Kevin was having his dream sequence. Yeah, just the word Cairo. There's an article in about this underwater spider that weaves a, 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 an air sac around his abdomen and, and builds a big bubble home underwater, and uh, Christine, when she was having her fever dreams, she talked about she was dreaming about an underwater spider. Yep. Uh, what was the other big connection? The oh! The Minoans. The Minoans, which yeah. is a civilization on the island of Crete that disappeared about 1,500 years before the birth of Christ. Uh No one knows where they went. They thought that maybe a volcano killed them, but then scientists had done excavation. They found that the the volcano actually erupted several centuries before the civilization disappeared. Some people think it was foreign conquest. Some people think it was like an Easter island scenario where they used up the resources yeah. and had and and either went extinct or had to, uh but it's a it 's a parallel to the departure where you had all these people just disappear off the face of the earth with no explanation, yeah i I thought that was pretty clever that but but how is that article and Kevin senior connected to christine's dreams mm-hmm. of the spider and Kevin's delusions like, of cairo
0: so it's an interesting idea to consider that Wayne might actually be the voice in kevin's head uh if that's the case then he he could have, you know, some connection to and this is going to this very supernatural stuff, obviously.
1: And that's the thing we've 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 yet to cross that line definitively. Sure, we have we have danced past it and then kind of come back. We're we're right on the line. In fact, I feel like the magic Wayne hugs, I almost accept that as a concrete fact, uh-huh. except for one of uh the Tom Asian girl pregnant girl protectors. Yeah said that, oh, yeah, I took all my pain away as he's frantically snorting all the <laughs> cocaine and smoking all the weed. Yeah. Uh, he does not seem like a happy, painless individual. So yeah. that kind of implies that maybe the Wayne hug is a delusion. or Potentially, yeah. it's just a particularly effective therapeutic technique. Or that it could also mean that this guy's lying, that he said, oh, yeah, I got a Wayne hug, but he really didn't. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it would be super dishonest of the, uh, dishonest of the show to say I got a Wayne hug and then for that not to be true, like
1: they well, have to they, show me they'd some have to evidence. Show, yeah, I'm I'm I don't think that's a solid theory unless we see an episode or two from now, a flashback yeah. showing that he's just bullshitting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, there is no conclusive proof of the supernatural except for these this connection and the fact that the naked screaming yeah. German bearded guy.
0: Sure, about her her baby. Uh, the other interesting fact about her baby here is that Wayne consistently said Wayne Wayne lied to to both of these women, right? I mean, he he told them he's the one, he's the only one. Uh, the the baby can't be harmed. Whatever. It didn't come out of he, from Christine anyway. Did he? So though? there is some deception. He certainly, at least to her, to her mind, he said he 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 every mm, time. Okay. Uh, I, I wrote it down word for word. He's the one. He's the only one. Interesting. So for the baby to come out female throws some doubt as to the supernatural powers of Wayne as well, right?
1: Unless it's – he's telling people what they need to know. And oh also – so you want to talk about this John 316 stuff? Sure, yeah. Because this goes down a pretty it's far – deep. This goes down a pretty <laughs> far rabbit hole. And the fact that Wayne said, naked into this world I came, naked when I leave it, that's – a quote from Job, uh-huh. what he was saying about you know all the stuff that he's losing. Uh, a couple theories. Number one, John three sixteen, you know it's very probably the the most famous Bible verse. Sure. Uh, about God loving the world so much, He gave His only begotten Son. Uh, they can have everlasting life, man. Yeah. So that's that's Matt's front door address. Yeah, yeah. His street address is three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also a, a lost episode title. Right? Yeah, it's it something was. that he's that, that that Lindelof has has woven into his fiction before. Mm. It is about a father sending his son on a difficult mission because he cares so much about saving people. Seems like a pretty big parallel between Garvey Senior coming back to lay this weighty mission on Garvey Junior, and who yeah. uh, essentially at first. You know, it doesn't want to have anything to do with it, which could possibly be a parallel to Christ going out in the deserts for 40 days and 40 nights when he had all that laid on him. Sure. Um, that, you know, he's going off and trying to reject, you know, not not escape his duty. But else, that's also a little bit of a Jonah parallel, which was also, you know, if you if you buy into Christian mythos, that's also a parallel to Jesus. Sure. And let's throw
0: in the fact that there are a lot of parallels between Tom and Kevin Jr.,
1: this episode yeah. with
0: the the injured hands the phone smashing yeah uh, he kind of has this father figure in wayne who has sent him on a mission
1: and that could so they're both christ figures they got the wounded hands
0: i but feel like those are the same story playing out in separate settings right the,
1: the one article that really nailed and did a, this deep dive into john three sixteen is this vox vox.com yeah. article and they went back and said you know one of the judeo uh, traditions that was a foreshadowing of Christ in the Bible was the um, uh, Abraham Isaac. So Abraham, he had this uh-huh. you know, him him and his wife are old as shit. They're like ninety years old. Oh uh, come on, it's the Bible. You can be like nine hundred if you want. I, I think they were the, <laughs> sure. I'm just saying that they were even in, in, by by their contemporary terms. She was too old to have a, a kid, but yet God had promised that. There's going to be a chosen people through the line of Abraham through Sarah. He's like, how the fuck's that going to happen? And, and Sarah's like, you know what? Not really believing this God guy. You should fuck our slave woman. <laughs> God sent down a May 1972 issue <laughs> of National Geographic I had a dancing bear in the cover, <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to stop there. Anyway, so Abraham did. He had sex with this woman, and he had his son by her named Ishmael. And then Sarah got miraculously pregnant with Isaac. Uh, is there parallels here between the two women? One who's, you know, has a false, and it's also like one. They also said that the antichrist literally, if you take the Greek works, could the the roots of the Greek words could mean uh, other Christ or not Christ? Doesn't mean it's sure antichrist like the Bible. You could just have in place
0: of. Is there... Which you see in
1: BJ and the AC, right? Right. Baby Jesus and Antichrist. There's a a new Jesus in place of the old one. So is that... Is there some of this uh, Ishmael versus Isaac? The one of... Only one of them is the chosen. That
0: potentially... Certainly that could be in there. Uh, I feel like I was being told that the... The women were both being lied to. Well... Because they certainly weren't the like the only ones. No, they because weren't. Because the there only were multiple ones. children. By way, and he told them both that same thing. To me, that says he's clearly lying to both of them. Sure, unless deceiving them for unless maybe he for knows a reason, that one maybe of not. them,
1: one of them is going to be the one. He doesn't know which one. Oh boy! So he he's yeah. covering his bases by having them all. Be protected. It's not a very and, good prophet, then. Can I just say that? Well, again, we still don't know that there's anything supernatural. This could I'm, just I'm gonna be gonna crazy people. I'm going to go around people.
0: fucking everything I see, and eventually I'm going to have a son, and I'm going to tell them all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, the only
1: thing that I... I mean, that's just playing the odds, right? The only thing I can't explain just through saying, well, like, crazy people do what crazy people do is the whole underwater spider Yeah, yeah. weaving a common thread throughout all these dreams and the crazy German guy... You know the fact that he accurately saw that her standing in a a field of white corpses. Um, it makes me wonder if that voice is not Wayne in both Kevin's head or maybe Wayne's. Maybe it's a a voice coming from outside all of this, and the Wayne is hearing it. He's also connected
0: to it. Yeah, that
1: that could be it. I I don't know, and how. The guilty remnant fit into there. Uh,
0: one thing I could say for sure is we're definitely not supposed to know at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I also say that it's not, I, I think that it would be a mistake to say that Christine walking in that field of fake bodies might be, because the Bible's full of greater and lesser fulfillment to prophecy. You know, again, uh, sure, yeah. Well, Isaac, uh, Abraham, and Isaac was a foreshadowing of uh, God and Jesus. In fact, that Isaac was going to have to sacrifice his son. Uh, was another allusion to the Christ prophecy. So that th- this it goes through a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of permutations. So it could be that you had a lesser fulfillment of that, and then later on the guilty remnant are involved because she's literally standing in a field of uh, corpses dressed in white. Sounds
0: like some Nostradamus type shit to me.
1: Well, but again, <laughs> I'm, I'm just really trying to figure out. That's these are the supernatural things that are on the table. Yeah. Uh, potentially supernatural. Mm-hmm. We, I,
0: man, I hope they answer a lot of these questions really soon. Uh, sure. I mean, they've only got three episodes to do it, but I'm talking like next episode.
1: Uh, a- and and the, you're the, a fool if you think these. No, are No, potentially.
0: I mean, the next episode is titled Cairo, so we ought to get some answers. That connects directly to that magazine. I think we're going to get some answers
1: for some of this. It stuff. would be nice if, because like, we've got basically three perplexing mysteries, and that's. It would be interesting if every single one of the stories in Anat Geo had some kind of significance. But right True. now, it seems like there's three. just the Cairo, the underwater breathing, uh, and the... Uh, you, the Minoans. The Minoans. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting if like two out of three of those are solved before the end of the season.
0: Sure. Yeah. Do we even know if this is getting a season two yet? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Do you think they're going for a season two?
1: Yes. It does feel okay. like that. It does feel like this is It's getting... not going to be like a miniseries sort of deal. No, I, I, I my, my hope is because I who knows if this will be renewed or not. It's not doing terrible. In fact, the numbers got rebounded a little bit. I think they're at the one hundred sixty eight million or one hundred six. Whoa, one point six eight <laughs> million people watching. Okay, uh, it would might be surprised if they got renewed. Um, but also, I guess my hope is if it gets canceled that they resolve things up enough that this feels like a standalone season and you get some kind of closure. To Kevin and his dad's arc, and sure. Kevin and Jill, sure. uh, father daughter there, um, and uh, the Garvey. I'd like to see some Garvey resolution because if we're ready to move away from the John three sixteen stuff, we are. Lori's starting to show, show signs of further regretting her life in the guilty remnant. Did you see her throw away the cigarette when she had the yeah unsatisfying meeting with her daughter? Uh huh uh and ke we seen
0: evidence of that before
1: Kevin just fucking ghosted her sure he he's he's
0: done he's on to Nora he's on to the next one uh yeah we we've definitely seen evidence of her shaky faith in this organization before, and I think there's a reason that they're continuing to show us that right right It's not just for the sake of oh her daughter misses her mother right uh it it's probably bigger than that.
1: Is it possible? No, because I was, I was about to say, when Wayne mentioned to Tom, hey, did you fuck her? Kind of taunting him. Yeah. It's like maybe that uh, Tom's like his stepfather and that he's doing things that he doesn't have any memory. Maybe he did have sex with Christine. Maybe she is pregnant with his baby. But no, at the end <laughs> of the day, it's very clearly Wayne's baby.
0: It, yeah, it's definitely Wayne's baby. Uh
1: I, I, yeah, by that, the, I mean the baby's sure. black.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's weird, the connections between Tom and Kevin in this episode.
1: And they keep in mind, like they're not flesh and blood. No, they're not. Hmm.
0: Uh, I got to say, they have plumbed the depths of dystopian society by going to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> I think <laughs> the only worst place they could go now is Detroit. Ooh, so that's where I expect my head I don't know. It's it's at this point it's close. Detroit's flooded. Uh, <laughs> That's true. I think if they go there with a the baby, Detroit's a
1: larger version of Gary that just someone poured a bucket of water <laughs> over. Pretty much. Um, God is just trying to get rid of this thing <laughs> that is Detroit. <laughs> what do you think of Kevin and Nora? I continue to I like be it. impressed with Nora a lot. I like it. Yeah. Her spraying the guilty remnant right in their <laughs> smug faces with the hose. <laughs> Was really fucking rock rad. Can I just say a Liv Tyler
0: who's clearly wearing blue clothes?
1: Yeah. She's wearing white over blue. Come on, it's baby blue. Oh, you can't excuse that. In she's GR, she's, she's... she's <laughs> tried to bleach it as much as possible. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, but no, I I don't I don't. Yeah, know. Nora's awesome. Yeah, I, I thought she was uh, also totally regardless of how you score the bet. If you start trying to this. To, to, Split the two and a half and the over under. Uh, it was much further than halfway through the episode that they actually yeah. consummated. So, but they did. Got they a guilty did. remnant cock block there. Yeah, but no, uh, I I think they're an interesting couple. I also was wondering if Kevin was going to have a hard time finishing up because it looked like when he first started he was having flashbacks mm. to. Is it the the last time he had sex when that girl got raptured off be. from his cock? Yeah, it might be. That would be something to get over. Sure. Yes. You know like those times like those rare times you read about where people uh, someone dies having sex with you. Sure. Yeah. That would be a hell of a thing to get over. Then just mysteriously <laughs> choo to when you fuck someone out of existence? <laughs> I mean,
0: that's that's about as bad as it gets.
1: Would you disintegrate someone with your cock? <laughs> it's it's bad news for sure for for your future lover. I Loving, agree. Lovey-dovey. We also, what's going on with the mayor? Hold on, hold on. Apparently,
0: Nora's magic hug worked uh, like a charm, right? No, she seems super. She's still super
1: happy. In fact, better off than Kevin because yeah, they both. It's funny because they're both like jumping and skipping through emotional landmine fields with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, she's talking about oh fucking guilty remnant. Oh shit, your wife's wife's in it. Guilty
0: remnant, yeah. And
1: he's talking about lost. Oh yeah, you've lost three people. Yep, but. I feel like Nora gives less of a fuck than he does, because, again, I guess the magic hug. Yeah, it worked.
0: Yeah. All right, now let's talk uh, about whatever you were going to, was, to.
1: Just, just about the mayor's oh, relationship yeah, yeah. with his father. She said she stopped coming a couple months ago.
0: Like, I haven't talked to him in a month, I think is what she says. Because,
1: yeah. I, you know, you can ignore the crazy, but he just wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. They, what is this extremely attractive... Relatively speaking, younger woman doing with this ropey old fucking lunatic. crazy dude, lunatic. I,
0: I I don't know. I don't know. Um, Did they have a relationship? It seems like they must have had a relationship
1: before. Existing,
0: yeah. And it just finally got to her. Look, old man is crazy. I just can't take it anymore.
1: The what? I would love to know the backstory about that. Mm-hmm. But. It makes perfect sense that they're not going to talk about it because clearly—
0: I mean, it's pretty easy to imagine the chief of police and the mayor having constant contact and falling for each other,
1: right? I guess. I guess. It's just the age difference and the fact that, you know, he's been in a mental hospital for over two years. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? <laughs> I guess. It's true love, Yeah, man. It's no, true love. You're,
0: you're right. That's Interesting.
1: Uh, Amy seems to know a lot more about what's going on with Kevin. Oh,
0: infuriating! This
1: episode, but she won't say it. She won't say it. Kevin won't say it. And the fact no that no one asks questions, he's doing so this, this blackout annoying. stuff. I'm wondering if they've already had some sort of inappropriate relationship when he's d- done his blackout. Well, she clearly sleepwalking bit stuff. his hand. Uh, Why do you think she bit his hand? <laughs> I'm, oh, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, quit fucking with me, man. I'm kidding. But who did bite his fucking hand? The dog catcher definitely amy uh, did he try to save that dog from the dog catcher and they got in a scuffle and they get bit we don't know i
0: don't know so during that dream it's interesting he's got he pulls this rifle out of the bag and he really goes to town on that dog in the mailbox but it's intercut with a shot of him firing his pistol at the dogs in the first no no, episode? no, no. I think, second
1: episode so what i saw was him approaching the mailbox with the rifle he has a flashback to him Shooting with the pistol at the end of the first episode, and then he throws the away the gun and says, I don't oh. want to do this. Oh, I missed that.
0: Okay. Huh. So he's feeling guilty about killing dogs at this point. I, I just don't
1: know what the dog is. Especially since the dog is clearly, when you see the back of this guy's pickup, mm-hmm. it's full of guilty remnant people with bags over their heads. So are they dogs in Kevin's dreams? I don't know what the connection is, you know we've had some people theorize about uh, maybe the departed are actually reincarnated animals, or
0: uh, yeah, I'm just saying, is that what they're trying to tell us in this episode like i I don't know we've tried to okay. speculate on it so much that now when I see evidence I'm not sure I would recognize it.
1: Yeah, especially it's like it's, you know how much of this is stuff that we've thought of ourselves. And yes, I will say that it does seem pretty clear. I feel that like I'm going crazy. That these dogs were damaged goods because they were owned by people that were departed, and the guilty remnant being largely of they that are class. As well, yeah. And the fact that the guy says, these aren't our dogs, not anymore, and Dove's tails in with the guilty remnants having no family and cutting all family ties. And that they're wild and they can't be controlled, and that the guilty remnants do whatever ultimately, they want. ultimately dangerous as well. Yeah. But I think this is almost like a, a premonition more than a, these things are the same. It's almost like yeah. this is going down the same, same route.
0: Yeah, and it's troubling that Kevin lets that dog out in the end, right? Who let the dogs out? Kevin did. Sure.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go. Call off the Bahama boys or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so you have to wonder how that plays into his relationship with the guilty remnant. What What is going to happen with Kevin
1: in regards to them?
0: It, it's It's ominous, to sure. say the
1: least. How Kevin's dad, how did he know that the guilty remnant protest? Because they were talking to each other. He's looking mm-hmm. to Kevin. He just screamed, stop. Car stops. He bails out and runs through this protest. Uh, How did he know about that? Is that another kind of freaky premonition he had, or is that he saw way up in the distance and then did the cool guy looking at my son? And yeah, this is one of those weirdly blocked
0: shots where where if you if you go back and you watch it again and you say, okay, we know that there is a large protest blocking the entire street across the entire road, and that Kevin is looking forward. How can he not see that? Mm. And so you have to assume that his dad saw it as well. I. It's unfortunate that they blocked it that way, I think, mm-hmm. because it makes Kevin seem like he's just completely oblivious to the giant crowd in front of him. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I assume, you know, his dad saw it and he turned to him and said something and then said, hey, stop.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what? I want to know what kind of person takes their pants all the way down to piss in the woods,
1: all the way down. Uh, good, good question. <laughs> Is there any more? We do we need to actually dissect about him meeting at Sonny's and the conversation? I mean, there was a really nice camera shot where
0: oh yeah when yeah.
1: the old when the Garvey Senior kept turning away from the camera to have this conversation with the invisible rabbit or whatever whoever the hell he's talking to. Yeah. It was a nice moment where it was actually framed to where we could see his face in reflection. So he's turned cool. away, but we all saw that really nice shot.
0: Which could also be interpreted as he's talking to him fucking
1: his fucking self. He's crazy, certainly, right? <laughs> and but Kevin seems bound and determined. to like, look, you left me when I needed you the most. Which, what is that a reference to? His wife leaving? I think yeah, maybe like he went crazy and went to
0: the the. Because we still don't asylum. think that they
1: lost anyone, or is that yeah. going to be a big reveal that they actually did lose someone important to them?
0: Uh, maybe. I'm not entirely sure we're supposed to know what he means by that at this point.
1: He's on a shitload of medication for some reason. Yeah. That's more than like you just go, hey, Doc, I'm, I'm having trouble sleeping. No, I mean, he's clearly worried about
0: going insane himself. he got his tranquilizers. Father has. Right, right. Uh, his wife left him in a situation with a couple of kids who uh, kind of resented him, Uh, actually not kind of, did resent him quite a bit uh, for
1: their mother leaving. You know, he's under a lot of stress, like Jill says. So Wayne calls Tom from this yellowish dimly lit bunker tunnel thing. Yeah. At the end of the episode, when they're marching Kevin senior back to the hospital, it looks like they're standing in that same tunnel.
0: It really does. Yeah. What
1: does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Or is that just economy of location? It could be a parallel between,
0: you know, you've got the parallels between Tom and Kevin Jr. It could be a parallel between Kevin Sr. and Wayne, being kind of the father figures of those other two characters.
1: Why is Wayne moving all of his guys to the same city? Good question. Because they all were meeting in Gary, Indiana. Yeah. But Wayne is obviously, well, we don't know if he's not in Gary, but he's not with either of those those it just clicked in my head what the scenario
0: is here and why wayne calls up for the money it's because fucknut over there money on cocaine and weed and absolutely now he's out of money he called wayne up and
1: said dude i need money for this for your baby he's probably lying to him because i thought there was something when uh wayne's like oh fuck you got six thousand dollars all right yeah. Uh, like you've done you've done well. Yeah, and I wonder if he's going to catch on to the other guy being a fucking idiot. He should. And he should. what kind of fallout that will that will have? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's already super pissed, right? Yeah, he's, he's been seen lied the, to. A he, much darker way this episode. Oh,
0: no, no, no. I meant Tom.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, Tom's Tom super
0: pissed. He smashes the phone. He Tom
1: super pissed, the other uh pregnant lady super pissed. Yeah. Uh, both Super Garvey. is an understatement for her. <laughs> both uh, Tom and Kevin destroy cell phones. Yes. In this episode. Mm-hmm. Another weird way that they tie those. Other people's cell phones too. as well. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> poor, the poor caretaker at Matt's house has her cell phone smashed to bits on her porch.
1: What do you think about. What's the significance of uh, Laurie— A- uh, being confronted by Meg that your ex is fucking Nora, because Nora is now mm. a new person of interest to the guilty remnant. Uh, Why are they moving on her now? Because she just got the hug. She did. Are they moving? Are are they targeting people that are like on a transition away from f- remembering? Like Liv Tyler was on the trajectory to marrying this guy, and he seemed to be hell bent on having her move past whatever thing was affecting her, and now Nora, she gets the magic hug, and she's on the radar. Yeah, I go back to the first episode where they're watching Jill at her
0: soccer game.
1: Yeah. And they seem to have stopped watching Jill. Well, she started dressing like Scott Pilgrim.
0: Yeah, she she's wearing <laughs> very bright clothing this <laughs> episode. Really, yeah. Bright uh, out mismatched of character hipster, for her. hipster clothes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I don't... I don't know what that means. I really don't. Who gets a fucking beetle tattooed on their bicep?
0: Uh, Thoreau, whatever his name is.
1: That's his real-life tattoos. I want to know what he was drinking or smoking the night he decided he (laughs) wanted a fucking giant beetle with his wings unfurled tattooed on... His right bicep. He was probably in, like, Thailand drinking some liquor out of a bottle
0: with a beetle in it. Oh. You know, they do, like, snakes and shit. Yeah, yeah. I think so, that's what happened. Some kind of absinthe. like, all or... right,
1: now I'm going to remember this night. Get me a tattoo. All right. Uh, I don't know that we have a lot more to talk about. The fact, I mean, again, the supernatural versus non-supernatural with Jill ordering the... Nat Geo online Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense but it sets up uh, Kevin as like I can't escape from whatever this destiny it it is and then he sort of seems to accept it and pick up the magazine as
0: if he's going to read it at the very end yeah yeah so I I think you know with the next episode being entitled Cairo he's going to do a little digging on that on that matter
1: all right I would I would like to see that anything else you want to talk about um no, no, feel like I'm good. I got the most of it. Yeah. Um, if we leave any, left anything out or anything you notice that you want to talk about, it, go ahead and send that into leftovers at baldmove.com. We're about to consider some feedback, but first, a little bit of promotion. Uh, a lot of people wonder hey, really like your guys' podcast. How can we support you? Well, I'm here to tell you there's a lot of different ways. First, if you use Amazon, you can use our amazon.baldmove.com affiliate link mm-hmm. all that does is it takes you to amazon site and now your shopping cart is preloaded with the ability to send a tiny cut of amazon profits to bald move and i say tiny but it's not nothing i mean this stuff adds up over hundreds and thousands of people and uh, we derive over a third of our operating revenue from that so again everyone that does that thank you thank you thank you you can also overtly support us as I drop the cap to the whiskey bottle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by sending us
0: whiskey bottles.
1: <laughs> by sending us whiskey bottles, <laughs> no. preferably filled, uh, by going to com slash Uh It's a voluntary subscription site where you can directly fund what we're doing here, and you can get some cool uh, content pro- possibilities and prizes. Should we talk about we're, – we're actually looking at doing some other things. Some people have suggested – because one of the coolest rewards we got out there – is the ability to do a custom podcast. You can have us podcast on roughly two hours of anything. It could be a movie. It could be a couple episodes of your favorite television show. Yep. It could be a YouTube series. Uh, don't really care. It's, it could be whatever, and we will talk about it. It's kind of spendy, though. It's a $250 option. There are a lot of people saving up for it. But people are like, you know, what if we wanted to pool our assets together? Like, mm-hmm. we want to get 10 people in... Or twenty people, or whatever, to have you guys do something like force Jim finally to watch The Princess Bride. Sure, sure. We're working on that. that, and we've got a thread on Facebook and one on Reddit. On our uh, Reddit, we, are you
0: aiding the audience to get me to watch Princess Bride?
1: I you, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> whatever it takes. It's it's past fucking time uh anyway you can go to our red uh reddit.com slash r slash bald move or facebook.com slash bald move to participate because we got a couple different ways we can make this happen really like your feed, feedback on that um trying to think what else oh yeah if you don't care to do any of those or you're not able to please at least tell a friend or family or rate review or us on itunes help us spread the word and grow bald move bigger thank you for listening and for all the stuff you do to support us Without further ado, we'll get into this uh, feedback thing thingamajig. Anna S. says, Question, why don't the guilty remnant invest in some clickable Sharpies? It annoys me so much the way they dramatically uncap them to make their point. Oh, I think you answered your own question. It's, the, the whole dramatic <laughs> uncapping. Yeah. That's part of their language. You know, if you, like, slowly uncap it, it's just kind of mm. like a calm, but you just angrily unsnap
0: it. Sure. I mean, look at their nods, right? Sure. Their nods. You give a slow nod, you
1: give a fast nod. You give a Call in. you get a you get a nod that signs your death warrant. Context is everything. <laughs> um, RJD said, "I'm thinking Holy Wayne was initially confused when he called Tom, doing there to being at least one other set of guardian pregnant women hiding out in the world. He dialed thinking he was getting another team, and he was looking for cash for the first team." He dialed Tom, was immediately confused. So, was he thinking he was dialing a third team? Are there more than mm. three teams out in the wild? Didn't we see are. a few more Oriental girls at the ranch back in episode one or during the raid? Yes, yes, yes. There was mm. definitely more than just these two. How many survived, I don't know, but that's plausible. He called somebody yeah. and he's like, Tom, 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 oh, Tom. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. You're one of the many guys. And that you're not the guy that just called
1: and said you blew, blew my money on coke. So yeah. that does imply that there's more. So he's also super distressed in
0: this scene. Who? Wayne
1: himself. I felt like he was on drugs. He's either,
0: yeah, he's either super high or he has just given a magic hug that has really knocked him mm. back on his ass maybe. Mm. Uh, something is going on with Wayne where he is not the stoic kind of know-it-all Wayne that we see. In every other scene.
1: Well, I mean, we've seen him be a little bit unhinged before, but yeah, With he Nora, definitely... With Nora,
0: he was kind of angry and dismissive. But and even, I'm trying to think of... Impatient.
1: Yeah, he's been...
0: It seems like things are snowballing against him. He, he and seems like a very
1: emotionally unstable person in the best of days, and he was having a particularly bad day.
0: Maybe being on the run is getting to him.
1: Or maybe uh, his dude blowing through so much cash is getting <laughs> to him. <laughs> he's just annoyed at, at that bullshit. Could be, yeah. Kevin H said, I think Garvey's father is actually experiencing his supernatural voices. Two reasons in this episode. One, no way would he randomly find his granddaughter stuck in a fridge in the woods in the entire town by accident. (laughs) And two, when he was in the passenger, the passenger in Kevin's car, he yelled, Stop the car while he's looking straight at Kevin. He cannot have seen the GR up ahead. That Nat Geo will probably prove to be something as well. P.S. I also think Kevin is doing the horizontal mambo with his daughter friend daughter's friend while blacked out. Yep. hey oh
0: Amy bit his hand during a hot sex scene that we didn't get to see.
1: She spun the phone and it said "hand bite," <laughs> and uh, you can't you can't say no to the iPhone. You got to do can't. whatever fucked up thing it says to do. Yeah, I, we talked about all the other stuff, right? Yeah. Guy. Elizabeth G finally cracked and said, I just started reading the book. It references their website, www.guiltyremnant.com. Have you seen it? There's a fact section and they reference a Facebook yep. page. Haven't heard or read anything about the website, so wanted to share it. Actually, in my preseason research, stumbled across this, and we looked at it, and we saw that you could actually f- sign up for local chapters. I don't know what all that work uh, uh, To
0: become part of the Guilty Remnant. Th- yeah. To come
1: up, yeah, to actually start new chapters. I don't know... It looks like all that stuff goes to his PR email address, yeah, Tom Perotas. I
0: think that's a PR stunt by the author. Yes. Wh- which, you know, that's cool.
1: And I like it. I will – I don't want to say anything more about it because there might be some light spoilers in there about the book or the television show. But it does give a little bit more information about their uh, – the, the the shit they're doing. Did you – oh. So – uh, apparently if you hashtag the leftovers in the first three or four weeks of watching the show, which you must have not done, you jackass, HBO's PR team contacts you and sends you a care package that includes a cell phone.
0: We did this.
1: No, 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 no. This was a different thing. This is a, it different, thing. No, this it's is a not. different thing. No, I'm- it's
0: not, because Jay and Jack did this exact same thing. And they got – they went ahead and gave their address and everything and got the package with the cell phone. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck us then. Um, <laughs> we just refused. We were like, I don't, I'm not sure this is legit. I don't want to give my address to somebody Here's who... the thing. I did give my address. And you got nothing? I haven't got nothing, so I feel uh... jipped.
1: But it's cool. You, you got like a, a poster and an actual real cell phone. That's a burner-type cell phone that's charged up for like 60 minutes. Yeah. And periodically you can call – you can get phone calls – from Wayne uh-huh. and a couple other things, and it seems like there is a, a little bit of a alternate augmented reality game going on there. Yeah, no, S- super jealous. It seems really we... cool.
0: I actually saw on Reddit somebody got the National Geographic from the show that they just sent out to him. No from shit, that, from that same campaign. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, and they took pictures of it and like the shipping label that said HBO and everything. Uh... Yeah, so uh, definitely official and definitely cool.
1: We got because we we were. We were scared because we were, we,
0: So, what I heard about, it, I was in like the Rift Tracks live theater mm-hmm. waiting to watch the show. And I was like, I don't want to get my address out and I'll sure. look at this later.
1: And... But I did the research, and the DNS thing seemed like it just went to some kind of fan site. Yeah. So, I'm like, huh, weird. But whatever, I, I did fill it out. Maybe we filled it out too late. You had to be like, mm, like be. right away. You don't want to do research into the Guilty Remnant and find out whether it's dangerous or not. <laughs> but there's some cool things HBO is doing. Yeah. Uh, Pablo L. says, Clairvoyant Car- Kevin Garvey, senior gross old man muscle definition was intrusive <laughs> to my entertainment of this and enjoyment of this e- episode. I'm all in on this show. I enjoy whatever the fuck mystery is being portrayed and the questions being raised while some of these mm. questions are small and at times inconsequential to what the grand scheme of things might be or at least what I think the grand scheme should be. However, these small personal questions do push the episode along. They seem to be holding everything up or holding up everything else. I do feel that there is a lingering question. Some that have not been asked yet are bubbling up and will soon explode, like he's the bridge and now Garvey's purpose. Mm -hmm. I just hope these questions don't become the crux of the show and leave it up to absolute ambiguity. What is the bridge?
0: The bridge might be the bridge between the disappeared, the departed, and the non-departed.
1: It's a reference to the FX series of the same name? It is, yeah.
0: The bridge. The bridge. Uh, No, it's... I think I want to say it's between the two groups of people, mm. a, a way for them to communicate and understand what's happening. But
1: no. but that flies in the face. You, are you talking about the departed? Yeah. Oh, interesting. But
0: that could also, you know, that f- kind of flies in the face with, of the idea that we're not going to learn about how these people departed or why or anything like that.
1: Hmm. So my theory could be totally wrong. Yeah. Who knows? Uh Nathan P says, absolutely loving the show. Just want to give some thoughts. Sorry about the bet, Aaron. You should have gone for three episodes instead of two point five. In fact, you'd have been in a bracket if some GR hadn't completely cock blocked their relationship. Yep. Another news, Tom shouting and screaming bet is back on the table. <laughs> uh J D also mentioned this as well. He said, Look like the overwinds for sure. Even if we're using your half episode logic, they still didn't <laughs> hook up until well over halfway through People the episode. People really invested in this Will they, love, they, won't they hook up? They, I, I, I got sucked in. I got sucked into it. Yeah. Back to Nathan P., he said uh, some points about Kevin's dream sequence. Society wants Kevin to protect the majority and to put down the unhealthy and unstable threats, such as cults. Uh, the cults themselves are chasing dreams and ideas without thought, just like dogs. Kevin is taking steps forward, which in turn pushes people like his son, a member of such a cult now, away and or behind closed doors. The radio whining could be a symbol of his father's message, interjecting into real society. At the time, Kevin is also waiting for a message about or from his father. Uh, the dogs are then seen attacking each other in a dream. Cults are going to fight to take over more people, or perhaps this is symbolic of their conflictive, conflicting messages. Kevin is given a gun. He must act now, but is hesitant. He doesn't want to kill anyone, much less his ex. He then looks at all the GR members, shot cleanly in the head and then wrapped up in clear wrapping, a sign of the bloodshed to come. The mailbox would also represent the unknowing or unknowable, cults that are each brewing up something inside their own organizations, but are suddenly quiet and silent when the authority comes knocking. Hmm. What do you think that, of that, man? Uh
0: I like most of that.
1: The uh, dogs fighting, sure. if the, the cult the dogs as cult members and yeah. the dogs fighting that does seem interesting, and also the fact that it for, it, it directly showed Lori, maybe she's a casualty to this fight, because yeah. we also, again, saw a little bit of a rejection, even though she's publicly putting on a brave face. It does seem like the no-family stuff is getting to her.
0: Yeah, it definitely does.
1: And now that Officer Hotbot has moved on, it really might be bothering her.
0: Um, there was also – remember that phone call? That may or may not have happened with sure. Kevin and the agent who uh-huh. and said, him, hey, hey, we can send guys in and just shut the GR down. Just take care GR of it, down.
1: get your town back.
0: I think that was pill-induced. Uh,
1: man, it's, Because we didn't know anything about it, the
0: pills until this episode, It right? all
1: hinges on whether that unknown caller thing at the end had something to do, or that was supposed to symbolize yeah. the break between— Because I do believe there was a real conversation there.
0: Some portion of it, Yeah
1: um but i i don't know because again it could just be a continuity error yeah yeah <laughs> that's the maddening thing
0: about when you're trying to weave a delicate mystery any kind of little screw up and that's the thing, a like if, if it, Lindelof
1: right. would say, I can't believe you guys are freeze-framing phone images, fuck you, man. You put 316 <laughs> on the door. Yeah, right? Yeah. And,
0: and we've been through Lost, where you would put books on bookshelves that were allusions and to the And you brand theme of the shark episode.
1: ass with Dharma initiative symbols right? and stuff. Come on. So don't, don't. There's some people that can use that defense, not you, Damian. Yeah. Uh, Tommy A. said, the, has a dissenting opinion, the show completely jumped a shark for me this week. Well, it is Shark Week. Maybe they're just participating. Is it really? It is.
0: Damn, I'm missing out.
1: I'm, I've got them all recording, man. <laughs> One of these days when I got some time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my own little private Shark oh, yeah. Week. We're gonna start a Shark Week podcast. Dude, I think that's a good idea. Shark after dark. Shark after what is that? So after Part Dis- of Shark Week, yes. After Discovery Channel gets done for the day around eleven o'clock, they have these like D list. <laughs> It's like a shark. Comedians show? and sl- they have people from Discovery Channel on, and they have drinking competition. Ch- it's a shit show. Last year is the first year they did it. It was insane. It was like is watching this like some a kind of reality social- show. Yes. of Someone watching Shark Week. No, they're just they just sit there for like two to three hours late ass at night playing drinking games and doing <laughs> shark trivia game and talk. And they just have like random guys from different Discovery Channel shows on. It's very bizarre. What? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, I think I might have seen Mike Rowe on one of these one time. It might be, but it's called Shark After Dark. It's every night, like after eleven o'clock. Oh my god! Until like one or two o'clock in the morning, and it's right. it's nuts. So, uh, Tommy A said uh, again. Shark jumped the sh- the show jumped the Shark Week this week. Too many questions. They can't possibly answer them all. They just can't. Weird coincidence <laughs> with the father son hand shit. Why Wayne is fucking these Asian women, tucking them away in safe houses and telling them that they're with child? their child is so special. What exactly is up with the Nat Geo magazine? And what the fuck happened with Kevin, Amy, and the dog? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope they're not all three involved. Uh, side notes. I was sure that when Kevin woke up after him and Nora screwed and the camera was zoomed in on his face in bed, there was going to be actually Amy in bed with him and not Nora. Oh, my God. I was God. 100% prepared for that because of all the mystery. In my opinion, it's bullshit contrived mystery, but still... Around that night, also, did you guys notice there's no way a deer did all that shit to the kitchen? There's scratches and shit that go all the way up to the top of the cabinets. What? The deer got a ladder? This show is deer almost too much for tall. me. I don't know if they're not fucking tall, but they can, can like, jump
0: up on their back hooves. They're fucking tall. Deer can jump. I hate to say it, but yes. deer can
1: jump. There, now you've said something. <laughs> Like, deer, are, I don't think a deer is especially tall.
0: No, but you get antlers involved. Yeah, oh, They're sure. taller than me, oh, I'm yeah. certain
1: about it. Uh, <laughs> and I can jump up to the top of a cabinet. You don't need no ladder to fuck up a top. Fuck of, no. It's, not, this, like they, it's th- not like they hung the cabinet, they were just destroying it. It takes yeah, a lot less energy yeah. and creativity to destroy something than to create it. It's true. If they hung new cabinets, I'd be calling bullshit. <laughs> Next
0: week, the cabinets are pristine, and he's got no <laughs>
1: idea how it happened. This magical deer cobbler <laughs> crew came in, cabinet cobblers. And it leaves
0: deer-shaped cookies on the counter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Declan E. said, look at the cults. All right, goes, I look at the cults as a modern-day scenario as to how religions are formed. There exists a new existential question that people need to cope with. Mm-hmm. These cult leaders are people who genuinely believe that they will have suitable answers or knowledge of what will happen next. I imagine this is what the world looked like prior to religion when there were many different ideas and groups out there fighting to be the consensus, an answer to have for an, an answer to the questions of what had happened and what happened next. This, like,
0: oh, I don't know, a solar eclipse, <laughs> this, something like that happening.
1: Yeah, I just feel like religion predates certainly human recorded history.
0: Oh yeah, I'm certain of it.
1: Because I feel like that's a natural thing. If you look up the sky and you see yeah. something like a solar eclipse happen, like it's what like, the fuck
0: just someone happened? Someone just
1: shut off the sun, y'all. Yeah, there is something bigger than us afoot here, and you might as well ascribe it to the consciousness and a purpose because sure. then you can have control over it. You can. It's something yeah, that yeah. can be placated and appeased and bargained with. Sure. Uh, The interesting part of the show is that as it deals with religion is how Wayne's cult specifically is infusing Christianity with his new religion. Do you guys think that this show has the balls and or ovaries, I add, to offer no real answers similar to religion where our characters have to choose an answer based on faith? Or are we going to get confirmation if Wayne, the guilty remnant, or any other group is correct? Hmm. Are we – so if Wayne is the speaker – Uh Or he's tuned in, and it doesn't. I have no indication that the guilty remnant are like this at all.
0: Well, he's saying that there is no speaker. It's really just Wayne perpetuating this message, right? Well, but he also says that
1: he's come up with. We also say if there's a group that's correct, they have a correct understanding, or if their answers are purely based on faith. I'm saying that the Guilty Remnant, to me, have no actual supernatural connection whatsoever. No, it
0: doesn't seem like it.
1: Whereas Wayne claims to have, and also there's something to his visions and his dreams and the things that he inspires in other people as well. So he's the best bet. If you're going to have a supernatural conclusion of this, Mm -hmm. Wayne has got the only thing that actually tries to pretend to be supernatural. Sure, I will agree with that. From my perspective.
0: Definitely. Uh, and, and I think that's certainly an interesting question to ask. I don't know if the show is going to really broach that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it well, has addressed the formation of cults slightly. Sure. But I don't know that that is including religion in that lump. Hmm. Right? I don't know that they're saying that cults and religion are necessarily the same thing or spawned from the same point.
1: I believe the cults are almost a uh, alternate to the religions that people seem to be in this show. Faith in. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, so I don't I don't know that the show does have the balls to, to go there. Or, I mean, it's not even necessarily about having the balls. It's do they want to send that message. Hmm. And it doesn't seem like it. Although, I, I don't know, the monkey wrench here is him telling all these women that they're child is special why is and it a the monkey wrench because it's it feels very false but they've if we both go been back. told the same thing they both can't
1: necessarily have the one inside them but if that's an intentional allusion to the isaac abraham thing uh you know i abraham when he had sex with his servant girl probably told her yep yeah, this is the one baby <laughs> uh as he bust, busted a nut up in the guts. Uh, then when he's Jesus. still having sex with his 90-year-old wife and she ended up getting pregnant, they said that that was true, too. So yeah. did Abraham lie or was he just mistaken? Or And then this is a parallel to Wayne just kind of sure. – he's covering all of his bets on the roulette table.
0: Yeah, I I don't know.
1: I don't either. We can't know. We why can't. are we trying to Why are we why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, I don't know. It's the listeners want us to and it's kind of interesting to speculate. I do I I know full well that I'd probably be happier if I just watch the show casually. Can't do it. But I'm I'm not doing that. You have a podcast to do, Aaron. Mm, it's my debt. It's my calling or what is it? It's my purpose. <laughs> uh yeah, it's the debt you owe your creator Let, lindelof's not letting us
0: off this easy jim no not at all <laughs> not after this episode i thought after last one i'm like okay i'm gonna hang the hang yeah, of the show like i was actually getting these, a handle on
1: these it. fucking answers are kind of coming along out of pace we don't got that many outstanding and yeah. it still could be just crazy town it doesn't have to be supernatural uh, yeah this definitely... brought me no
0: solace for my tired feet no my feet are for my are tired, tired eyes. of barking those yeah. dogs
1: are barking All right, that's all I got. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can do so at leftovers at baldmove.com, or you can join our Facebook threads on facebook.com slash baldmove, and follow along with all of our releases and whatever bullshit Jim is generating over there on Twitter land at baldmove. Uh, That's all I got until next time. I'm I'm starting a cult. You're starting a cult? On Twitter, yeah. A Twitter cult? Yeah. A bald movement? Yeah, if you will. You first must shave your head (laughs) and drink like a fish as a matter of faith. Sure. No, actually, don't do that. <laughs> all right. Anyway, bald move does not does not advocate any health or drinking or any kind of plans or anything get, really. Get on Twitter, follow bald
0: move if you want in on the cult. It'll be starting up soon. Trust me.
1: <laughs> Hashtag we won't send you a cell
0: phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag too poor. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway,
1: until next time, I'm Jim. I may run. Bye.